You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gap. What's up, legends? All right, so I recently did like, uh, I guess it's a two-part series of diversity and inclusion, and I wanted to give you some practical, practical, practical stuff that you can go out into this beautiful world and actually apply. The previous episode was more on data statistics and giving you the hard facts. Now I want to give you some ways to apply this into the real world. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jameson Gavin, and this is the Legend Vest podcast. So recently I was out with some buddies. You know, I play a lot of pickup soccer with a lot of different groups here in South Florida. And when I travel, I play with different people over in Tampa, Atlanta, even if I go out to Texas, out in Houston or Dallas, I have uh, places where I play out there. Even on vacation, I'll just pull up an app and I'll look for places to play. And so I play with a lot of different people and I love to just chat with people, understand things they're going through in life, the economy in that area and etc. Now, one of my local groups here, we go out, we went to a sushi buffet. Uh, One of my friends, who's actually a school teacher, He's been meaning to go out to the sushi restaurant um, with me. And he says, it's the bomb. We got to go. You know, he really loves it. And so we decided to invite some other individuals of the team with us because we were having some drinks after at the park. We had just played and, uh, and everyone said they were hungry. So we decided to skip the beach this day and let's go and actually get some sushi. So we go out to the sushi uh, restaurant, which was actually a pretty good restaurant. And... Uh, one of the members of this pickup soccer group is sitting across from me. We, you know, we had a few mimosas. You know, the sushi is good. And he goes on to say, you know, um, shocking that, you know, you, you're eating this item or shocking you're getting that. Or I didn't know that you eat this type of stuff. And so I'm like, what do you mean you didn't know I eat this type of stuff? Sushi? You're like, you didn't know that people eat sushi? Is that what you're trying to say? And so I know he's going from this. And he goes on to say, you know, um, so you're, uh, you know, shocking that you got the watermelon, uh, you know, the watermelon ice cream. And I say, well, first of all, it's not watermelon. This is fat-free raspberry, by the way. They don't have watermelon over there. Um, But, you know, I'm not surprised that you would say something like that. And he's made jokes and, you know, little, he thinks they're funny, little statements before. So I said, you know what? Why are you saying this? What, what does this have to do with anything? You know, you think it's funny, et cetera. So everyone else on around the table, they already knew where this was going. And um, and basically what we got to board, I wasn't upset. And I just wanted to know, like, what what is your rationale behind saying? Do you think it's funny? Do you think it's cool? Like, like, what do you think? Why are you saying these types of things? And we get to the bottom of it. And we begin to ask questions and inquire. And so, you know, one of the questions that another member of the pickup soccer team at the table asked him was, how many black people do you know? And he says, um, and then they say, besides Jay, besides Jay, how, how many other black people do you know? And, they, and then he says, um, maybe one other one. We're saying in your whole life, like this, this is like, how many people do you know? Like not on TV, do you know? One other one. There was one other black person that was playing soccer with us on that particular day. So shout out to Ed. Uh, he's also from Atlanta. And, um, you know, we just thought that was really amazing. And then, you know, this particular individual goes on to say that, you know, he's actually from uh, he's he's from Ecuador or his family's from Ecuador, his mother and his father. 
And um, and then he says, but I categorize myself as, as, as white. And so that was also a joke of, of the day is, and we said, well, how do you categorize? He says, oh yeah, when I fill out anything, even on my license, I put white. And we say, well, why are, how are you white if your mother is 100% Ecuadorian and your father is 100% Ecuadorian? He says, oh, because I was born in America. So I think, you know, and we talked about this at the table with this individual. And, we, you know, we, we tried to go in and impart into this person's life and give them more information about, you know, I mean, I understand that you want to categorize yourself as white. Um, however, you just being born in America doesn't make you white. And then we even made the whole premise of, well, I was born here in America as well. Um, so am I white? And then he just started laughing. So the, the question here is, you know, we're talking about diversity and inclusion and diversity and inclusion is beyond the workplace. Diversity and inclusion is beyond just where you work or where you go and make your money. You see, diversity and inclusion is also in your personal life. It's also your mindset. It's also how you see the world. You know, we are we have entered into a United States that is so diverse, that is such a melting pot that when you look at actually the transactions and things and and people who are um, in our society, it's such a melting pot of so many different individuals, so many different religions, so many different races, uh, different sexualities. And when we look at it and we embrace things that are not harmful to us, we become better as a people. Now, for this individual, right, um, diversity is not something that he's been around. And so we've kind of narrowed it down to that. And we, everyone at the table said, hey, you know, like, number one, I mean, you know, jokes about diversity and, and about these types of things, that's not something that's cool to joke around about. But number two is you should focus on trying to get to know other people who don't look just like you. You know, this individual still stays at home, at home with his, uh, his mother. You know, he's in his, I believe he's like in his early 30s now and things like that. And, you know, and what we tried to encourage him is, hey, I mean, like, we're glad that we invited you out to this, you know, to this food thing. But don't just go leave soccer and then go home or go to the bar by yourself. Like, learn to understand people. And so some practical advice I wanted to give you today regarding this is when it comes to organizations or even when it comes to yourself, the number one thing, the number one way to become diverse and become more aware of inclusion is the leadership commitment. You know, excuse me, when it comes to executive support, um, it's necessary for the success of any type of, of human being or workplace. So it can be a job, it can be yourself. When it comes to you just being yourself, you are the executive. So you you need to look at yourself or your job. If you have a job, look at the leaders. If it's yourself and like this individual, look at yourself. You cannot just go on in life just thinking that you're just going to be okay just communicating with people who look just like you. So I'm going to talk from a business perspective, okay? Without the executive team, making a, a conscious effort to be the difference that makes a difference, and I may put that on a t-shirt, without the executive team making a conscious effort to be the difference that makes a difference, there will be no change. And your top talent, ladies and gentlemen, will dry up and they will be gone forever. This We're entering a new age 
ladies and gentlemen. You have to look through the lens of, think of it this way. What type of culture have I created here? Am I giving my team the opportunity to express themselves in the optimal way for them, as well as receiving the best results from their talent? When you are a leader, you need to look at that. Look through that lens. Literally take your glasses off, put this lens on, pop them in the glasses and look and ask yourself that. What type of culture have I created here? That's the question you need to ask yourself from your personal life. Ask yourself, what type of person have I created here? You cre- like I know you didn't create yourself, but when it comes to the life that you live and the actions that you take, those are the actions you have chosen to take. So you are creating your daily life by the actions that you choose to take. So you need to ask yourself those questions and look through that lens. You know, achieving a, a diverse workplace, it begins at the top where management believes in and supports the notion that a diverse workplace boosts business and helps to retain highly skilled employees. You know, volunteering company time to organizations that serve like underrepresented or depressed or, you know, lower income segments or people of the population is a great way to enhance your company's reputation as well as your employer value of diversity or values of diversity. You know, I like leaders who do this without their leaders saying this is needed or saying we have to do this, right? Because we all know the company events where you got to go and dig some some ditches or something like that or go plant some some plants, you know, they're going to dry up by next season, right? We don't, I'm not talking about that type of stuff. Whenever I hire an executive, I want to know where they spend their time and where they spend their focus. Honestly, and I'll be, I'm gonna, this is a pro tip. I'm going to give you some, 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 some juice here. Whenever I hire an executive, someone especially who I may be giving percentage of my company to, right? They're going to be coming on the team. They're going to make some good money. But I believe this company is a ma- it's going to be a massive company, right? We're going to build this thing out. We're going to sell it. We're going to make a heck of a lot of money. On these type of organizations, these types of teams, I'm going to ask a lot more questions from being at the bar or, you know, like just, you know, having a drink or at a barbecue or at a social event to get more understanding around them. One of those questions I may even ask is where they spend their money. I like to understand. Obviously, I'm not going to know everywhere they spend their money, especially privately. And some of those things I don't want to know. But some of the things I do want to know. And, you know, I want to know, does your focus match or fit into our company's focus and vision? That's what I need to know. Who are some of the people that they've hired for their leadership positions? Right? These are key factors in executive leadership mindsets on diversity. Very key factors. And they're so important. And I talked about in the last episode. You look at a lot of Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies. You look at their board. I mean, I put one up while we were on the last episode. Everybody on the executive team, male, pale, and stale. We got to change that, ladies and gentlemen. Those days are over. Number two. Who you hire and how you hire. I love this one. How accessible is it for the candidates to apply? That's number one. So when you're looking at diversity and inclusion, you need to understand who you hire and how you hire. 
okay? That's really the only way that you're going to change the diversity and to have other people who don't look, don't believe, don't sound like you, smell like you, you know, don't do all the things that you do is to hire people who don't. And so you need to ask yourself or ask the HR team, where do our candidates apply? Okay, is this is this only accessible to certain types of people, right? Also, when you actually interview someone, the interview groups, the panels, the people who are doing the interviewing, they need to be diverse. We don't if if a candidate walks into the room and I got 10 people in a panel, and that's a lot of people for a panel, but I've actually been to an interview before. Actually, no, I wasn't there uh, interviewing. I was actually, excuse me, I was interviewing a candidate she was in and we had like seven people on our team and we were interviewing her this is actually in corporate america in orlando so it was about eight people and we had a very diverse team and this candidate felt very comfortable i mean we had myself uh you know we had two people um who were who were indian we had one person who was asian we had uh one person who was actually from guatemala we had another person um who were where was she from she was from ocala which is out in orlando you know, we had a young guy who had just graduated um, from University of South Florida, you know, so we, we had a very diverse team. It was actually a, a very good team there in Orlando. So what type of interview groups do you have doing the interviewing? We don't want it to be 10 people who all look the same, because if I come through the door and it's 10 people who look a little bit different, I mean, I'm not going to feel uncomfortable, but someone who looks like me will probably feel a little bit uncomfortable and that person may be freaking phenomenal but they just may bomb the interview because they feel uncomfortable right so you want to create groups that are diverse and then the people who are doing the interview one of the things that they may say is you know i don't think he's going to be a good fit and his reason for not being a good fit is because he doesn't look like them so it's very very focused on you got to look at who you hire and how you hire so you want to create cultural events for everyone in the workplace I absolutely love it. When we look at, um, at, at events that encompass multiple, multiple cultures. So that's going to actually move me into the next one. Number three, the feeling of your organization slash culture. In, order, in organizations in which I am the CEO or an executive leader in the culture, I establish three things, okay? I establish a culture of fairness. Number two, open honesty and number three is joy it's just those three things i'm going to repeat those okay number one is a culture of fairness i'm giving you how i do it you don't have to agree with this but when i'm a leader i'm an executive on a team these are the three things when people think about me or i try to establish daily are these three things number one a culture of fairness number two open honesty and number three joy Everything I mandate can be placed into one of those three categories. When it comes to diversity and inclusion, this falls in the fairness category, in which is extremely important to me. One of which is for holidays and time off to be flexible. For example, Christmas. We live here in the United States. I'm a Christian. I believe that the country is mostly made up of Christians or of the Catholicism religion. Therefore, we and I celebrate Christmas. However, not everyone in my or your organization celebrates this religious holiday. They may be Muslim, they may be Jewish, Hindu, or others, and you should allow them to celebrate the holiday of their choice with time off as they choose not 
what you choose. It's amazing how many companies in the Fortune 100, Fortune 500, choose the holidays in which we will celebrate. I find that not fair. And that falls, that falls into my fairness category of about, I'd say, five major things in that fairness category that are very important to me. You see, time off is enormously important. Time off gives the employee the opportunity to do things that are not work-related. It allows them to actually live on this beautiful planet and not have to worry or be consumed or concerned about a job. And I did an episode, I believe Cordy and I did the episode together. We did an episode on vacations and, you know, do you believe vacations are worth it, et cetera, is one of our earlier episodes. And the fact is vacations and time off is so essential to employees having better performances in the workplace. You see, you telling an employee that Christmas is a holiday, they're going to take the day off, of course, because they want the day off. But what if they want to not take December 25th off? What if they want December 1st off? What if they want January 15th off? Maybe they celebrate a religion that has that particular day as a holiday. I believe that holidays should just be flexible work days. Flexible days for time off that you can dictate what day you want to take it. Therefore, if you don't celebrate Christmas then you can actually take December 1st off for a different holiday. You know, when we enter more into diversity and inclusion, a lot of businesses will change. And an organization that understands that we are all different, but the rules that I set must not be the same for everyone, and they truly understand that, then diversity and inclusion becomes an easy thing to do. So the rules that you set for your organization, they cannot be obviously so vast that the paperwork runs forever. But when it comes to understanding that people are different and that everyone needs a little bit of a different rule, but that that rule is a hard rule, but it's different, then they can understand that we are including them into our organization and not saying that you're not allowed here. And the simple thing of the rule of having a holiday but making it a difference of you pick your holidays. There's nothing wrong with that. The last part here, ladies and gentlemen, is a diversity and awareness training. You know, let's be real. Some people are just going to need more practice and more help to open their eyes. I am a strong believer in never stop learning. And on great opportunities, you must have diversity and awareness training. So if you have a business where there is phenomenal opportunities in that business, you have to have this type of training and awareness. You do not want to get caught up in a very fast, very nimble, very innovative idea that you have, and it doesn't remain innovative. It doesn't remain and continue to be so mind-blowing in the future because you rest on your laurels. One of the easiest ways to not rest on those laurels is to continue to remain diverse. I encourage diversity, awareness, and inclusion training for everyone on your team. Don't think this needs to just be from the worker bees on the ground floor. 
This is not just for the people who work in at Walmart. You know, the people who work in at Walmart, they probably know this more than the executives know this. I don't know the executives on Walmart. I don't. One day I maybe will, but right now I don't. But what I'm trying to tell you in, in the generalization is that the big wigs pushing papers and getting massive dollars in stock each year, these are actually the people who need to understand that diversity and inclusion is important. So I found a quote actually online. I did not make this quote up, um, but I thought that it was just a phenomenal quote. And it's a very simple quote. Quotas don't automate inclusion. As a leader, I find it very often that leadership looks at quotas. That's what they see. That's what they understand. That's where they run their numbers off of. And quotas don't automate inclusion. Understand that. Don't focus on the quotas all the time. Understand the people. And then those quotas will rise themselves. So the pro tip, I like to leave you with the pro tip. So I like to pick one person every so often on my team to call once a week for four weeks straight. Literally, it may be an hour call. I had a call with an individual today. And I'll ask questions. They can ask me questions. It goes both ways. During these questions I'm asking, I'm gauging how we as an organization are nurturing this employee and not just focused on how the employee is nurturing us. You know that phrase. You know, well, I, I don't know what president it is, but I'm sure you can tell me. And, and he goes, you know, it's not what you can or your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. You know, I get it, but I don't get it. Okay, if an employee can't or doesn't produce, they simply won't work for us long. We are we we are a high producing company, right? Our employees work hard. I like to be in organizations where employees love to work, where they come in, they're like, I'm putting my best foot forward. I'm going to crush this. I'm going to hit all my bonuses. I'm going to freaking kill this. I'm the best at what I do. And I take pride in being the best and producing. Those are the type of people that we want in our organization. Right. So me getting to know them is not me micromanaging. It's more of number one to show how I care about even the smallest salary paid employee on our team to also make sure that they know what they do makes a difference. Not just to our organization, not just to our bottom line. Not just to the profit or how well we look and how, much, how many more investors want to get on board into our organization, but also to me. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope this episode was actually kind of eye-opening to you. You know, I definitely share some personal information there. It's definitely the pro tip about something I do. Many people don't know that I do that, uh, but it's something I take, you know, very, very important and, and pride in doing is getting to know different individuals on our team, um, as well as, you know, I shared a very personal story there about myself and some buddies, um, you know, on, on some pickup soccer teams that I play. But make sure, folks, that you like, that you subscribe, and that you share this podcast. We do this for you. We do this for Legend Nation, and we really do want you to become a legend. Thank you for listening.